This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of NRL Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard. Alongside me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Hey, good day everybody. All right, we are back. There are just four teams remaining. Uh, we did have six, but then some games happened. So let's talk about them. Uh, Friday night, <laughs> I thought the Roosters were a chance, just like I thought Souths were a chance the week before. In this case, I was wrong. They were not a chance. And they got absolutely shellacked by Manly, who ride into the prelim finals, which is an astonishing achievement for a team that was called the worst team of the decade just like four months ago. So They are still so hard to get a read on Manly because he spoke about this. And, you know, I've said the Roosters can, can be soft in the middle now. They've had a couple of games like that. And Manly pounded them. But again, like, I don't feel like, and I know Manly fans are happier in a prelim, but it's like you, you really wanted to see them actually win a tough game. That's what I, as a, a neutral observer in this and wanting to, you know, judge who I think can win the competition, I wanted to see them for their competition credentials win a game where they were challenged. That's what I wanted to see. And again, I saw which they're fantastic at this. They're fantastic. They, they are, I'm not calling them flat track bullies because they're not, but they're like kick your door down and run over you and run over you and run over. They're like, you know, really bad slapstick comedy when someone like hits someone with a car and runs back and forth over that person. That's what Manly just keep doing to teams some weeks. They're just over and over, over and over. They want to score 40. They want, if they get to 30, they, they want 40. When they get to 40, they want 50. They want more every week and they're really good at that. So I don't want to call it a flat track bully thing because they're like, yeah. It's not ex- like, I don't know because it's not like the team. They're not they, flat they, track they, bullies, but they're they, they downhill the runners. Door in. They are. They're downhill runners. They kick the fucking door in, then they keep going. Like it's they start well, and if they start well, this, this generally come, happens on the back of it. But it's just so hard to get a read on what that means for next week, and we'll get to that on Wednesday. But you watch them do this, and it's a fantastic semi-final performance from them. But I get again the game finishes, and I'm like, are manly contenders or like. <laughs> Um, but this is the this is like, and I do agree with you. I thought it was unfair. I saw people on one of the post game shows. I think it was on Fox calling them flat track bullies. And I think it's not right. It's wrong. I don't think and it's know, the right expression to use when it, they, they've just beaten the Roosters by forty points. Like whoever the Roosters are trotting out there, they're still the Roosters at the end of the day. And like that's not easy to do. And to dominate a finals game in the way they did, to have their way with a team through the middle like that, that's not easy to do. And it's it's just an asinine thing to say, I think, when they've just smashed a team in the second week of the finals. Like, what do you want them to do? Yes. There was literally nothing they could have done in that Roosters game that would have changed your opinion about them being flat track bullies from a week ago, which might still be true now. But it's just a dumb thing to bring up when they've just smashed a team by 30 to 40 points. Yeah, I didn't. I did find interesting that like, Roosters fans have been lower on the Roosters than the rest of us all year. But that is true. They were talking about, and I do agree with them. Like it's been actually, a, they have a higher standard for their obviously for their own team than you know the rest of us can go. Fuck, they're doing a great job to be where they are. But still, you're a Chook fan. You want to win the big games, and in their head, what they haven't won a big game in two seasons now, which is for that club, that's a big time between drinks. Like last year. Well, they beat you guys in round three. That might be the last time they won a big game since then. They lost yeah. that that cracker against Melbourne in round eight last year, if you remember that. They lost in Canberra, which is a bigger game at that point. They lost to Melbourne again. And when the season wrapped up, they got done by 60 by you guys and then lost back-to-back in the finals. And then yeah. this year, they lost... They beat Manly when, it, when they mainly were the worst team ever in round one. They lost you guys in round three, lost to Melbourne in round six, 
Lost to Parra round nine. Lost to Penrith round 15. Lost to Melbourne round 16. Did beat Parra round 20, but they don't really seem to count that one, and I kind of agree. Lost to Penrith, then lost to you guys again, and then lost this one. And it just... They, they finished on the ladder as that barometer of where the good teams ended. And I know we gave them a lot of credit for being the roosters over, over you know, who's in the roster, how far they've gone and how much they hung on. But yeah, it just seems that once Manly are in gear, they got absolutely pounded and they're just not up to the standard of those four teams at the top of the competition this year. I, yeah, you're right. And they do have all the excuses in the book because of they the injuries they had and all that stuff, but they, their fans do not want to lean on that. I don't think they wouldn't want yeah. to use that as an excuse. Like it's easy for us as neutrals and go, wow, what a great season. You guys, you know, struggled through that and did that. But, you know, as a fan, if you're a fan of the club and if you're a fan of the Roosters, it's a bit different. I think if, you know, my team if Brisbane right now made the finals with this many injuries and came with, I'd be stoked. Hmm. But the Roosters go into the season expecting to compete for premierships and they didn't compete. And I know there was a lot of factors against them, but yeah, some fans are now thinking we better, we better turn up next year. We better sort these injuries out, which is, which is interesting. Cause um, I don't know. You just, it feels like such a hard grade of what they've done this year, but I guess, you know, your own fans can be harshest sometimes. Yeah, they were, well, yeah, they, they looking at it now with the benefit of hindsight, they do, they have firmly finished as the, weakest or the most disappointing of the six good teams this year and there were only six so there was yeah and i didn't and i know something like robinson like i've said this to you before like if i was going to take a, a coach from my club for like five years tomorrow it's probably him mm-hmm. you know but it's again sometimes and and there's usually some something bigger at play but it just feels like he got the, the sam walker stuff wrong the last couple of weeks it made sense he was like i'm trying to ease him you know at a physical contest a few weeks ago but when you're in must-win matches, it's like it feels just weird that he played, you know, nine minutes last week. He played 46 in this game, but it didn't. He didn't feel like in his his finest form. And it, I wouldn't be, you know, what do you expect when the guys played one full game in the last like mu- a month and a half? So I thought yeah. he got that wrong, and uh, not not much else he could have done with the rest of the side. Like Ben Marshke has to play, not that impressive, you know. He can't do much else. But I thought he got that wrong, and then. Um, I thought another guy really, I really thought like Tupanua is one I'm not, I've never really been a giant fan of. I hated last year that it was that when he, when he, when he came into the side, he yeah, was playing really well. Getting in to play big minutes in the lead up to the finals when they were Remember trying how, to spell the other guys. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was an agenda only I cared about. I was really angry about Crichton not getting respect, if you remember, middle yes, of last year. Like, I do. Crichton is better than this. Crichton is the best back row on that team. People shut up. You know, shut up. Tupanua is not, not Crichton. And yeah, over a full season, that's been proven. But I thought he was quite disappointing for them in this game. And the Roosters have those high standards that I wouldn't be shocked if he's someone that might not be at the club in two years' time. You know, they, they've not been afraid of, you know, looking committed to a dude and letting him go. I feel that's been down a couple of times. And I think yeah. he let him down a few times. I think that's fair. Back I mean, the season. Dylan Napa was supposed to be the next big thing for them. And he was gone like two years later. Yeah. Kane Evans, another one. like Mitch Pierce. Plenty of guys um, fit that bill. Kyle Flanagan. Um, you know, like... I don't think this guy fits that description, but he definitely fits the disappointing part. And that's Victor Radley. And I didn't think he was great in this game. I thought he got a lot of praise last week, especially for doing some nice things. And they just did what they always do with Victor Radley. He's one of those players like Jack White and where they 
basically just ignore whenever he does anything bad and just really pump up the good things. And yeah, in this game, there was no good things really. And I don't know how he escaped sanction for what was very obviously to me, a punch on Sean Kepi, who by the way, just ate it and got on with the game. But yeah, that's a guy who has, since he came into first grade, pretty much been praised as like one of, if not the best lock in the competition. And I look at him compared to guys like Tamalolo, Murray, and um, Isaiah Yo, and I don't think he's anywhere near those guys. Yeah, I agree with you on that on current performance, but I think it's what you're saying there is a measured take. The takes on him this week, oh, he's and not it's a kind forward. of like, like <laughs> I know the takes like takes in this week is that he's like I saw someone do a power ranking. He was like the fifth worst lock in the comp. Okay, well that's him. silly. Yeah, it's like people go really far. It's just like how that the praise is too much. It's kind of like. He falls in that little that little pocket that guys like that Kalen Ponga fell into, Reese Walsh fell into this year. It's like the guys are like from their debut, they were called one of the best in their position. Yeah. And there was just nothing critical about their game or the growth in their game required or similar. You know, and it was he was put in that basket. And then with this tough year, people were always going to go too far the other way. Yes. And that and now people have gone too far the other way on him. I think he probably sits as like, I'm not. I've t- we've said this in here as well. I'm not really into the ranking one, two, three, four, five thing. No. I'm into the tier ranking system. And I don't think he's in the first tier, which you mentioned I think he, just there. I think he's a tier below those three guys. I think he's that next tier, else. which yeah. is fine. And, yeah. I don't, and I haven't really done my ranking fully, but, you know. That tier would be what? T- him, Fanuke, and um, Jake? Oh, well, anyway, not Jake too, I mean. But <laughs> anyway, I haven't thought about you. But all I know is my, my top tier, like, Talmolo, before she would have been tier one on his own. He had a pretty average season. On the season alone, he had a worse year than than Cam Murray and Isaiah Yo. But my top three locks would be the three we just mentioned, Yo, Murray, Tamalo. That'd be my first tier. So they're the same quality player. I agree with that. And then yeah. Radley would be in that next year. Not this huge drop down in his ability. And and I, I just I think it was an interesting year for him just with the refusal to adapt his game. And I know they I know we can all say all we want. You know, we want Victor to pit people, we want Victor to be player like Victor, but it's like you can want all you want, but you also want you want Victor on the field. And he did cop a couple of tough court, uh, suspensions and similar, but these there's players like him and Rear Hargreaves went through it at some point. Nav went through it at some point. Pangai was going through it right now and last year. Players like those guys is that you can tr- you can say your job is to do X, Y, Z all you want, but if you're not getting on the field, you have to change. You just have to. And I, I've always the reputation. Hated, I've always hated that defense. It's the same thing they use for Latrell Mitchell. It's like Oh, that's what makes him great. It's like, no, it's not. Like hitting people in the head illegally is not what makes Latrell Mitchell a great player, nor is it what yes. makes Victor Radley a great player. It's about harnessing that aggression. It's about being able to be Victor the inflictor, but without, you know, smacking people in the head. Well, the best thing about Victor for mine, the player, is that in defense, he's always been that harsher player, but in an attack, he's always had such finesse. Like he's yeah. always been a really good ball distributor in attack. He's he's not just Victor the inflictor. And I find the reputation as a hard man really limits what he's about as a rep- like a player. He's so much about being that first receiver and that ball player in that team. And this year he spent again lots of time being the seven essentially in attack to them yeah. many, many times setting up shape. But yeah, he just it's it's really dumb though to the defense being, I'm not gonna change your answer. You have to, mate, because if you don't, yes, you're gonna have a reputation. Yes, you earned the reputation. You deserve what you get, and then that's how this whole thing works. Loading happens and then he missed eight games this year. Like, yeah, he did. And he threw a punch and got away with it 
yeah. even as Victor Radley. So he got lucky doing that. Even as him, he got away with that. But, mate, you take those risks and you you seize the over this year. He could have risked missing the first four or five weeks of next year because of his all his history. It's just, that's stuff's yeah. stupid. And, you know, he's 23 years old now. And I think he'll probably sit down this offseason and probably have some words with Robbo about that. You know, they won't say it publicly. They won't say in public that they, they wheeled Victor in, but they want him on the field first. And you can still inflict pain on people and hit them and not do stupid things. And and I do think Robert has to own that red mist a little as well because he let Victor this year see red and left him on the field. And sometimes we know that good coaches like he's he's been happy to to pull Sam Walker this year. You know, he was happy when he first brought the troll in the first grade to, to pull him. He's been happy to get guys out of the side. It's not that hard to get Victor off the field when he's seeing red and calming yeah. the fuck down, you know. Um, on the flip side of that, I thought yeah. Des starting Sean Kepi was a brilliant move. I thought he held the middle down really well for them. But he did an excellent job. Yeah. I mean, this was the perfect game for their middle. Like, they, they have all the, like, they've, Dylan Walker, we, again, <laughs> nothing about the character. <laughs> Dylan Walker as a, an effective bench middle is just the best joke of this season because we spoke about it a long time ago. But, like, Des is the only coach crazy enough just to have the balls to. I do love that, like, people were asking Des about it after the game, like it was a new thing. Like, have you not, have you just, like, yeah. not watched football they like, for the last well, they three months? Him, they just thought he was a utility, mate. They see him on the bench. Oh, he's a bench utility. No, he's been in the middle, like, what, since, like, round 14? Yeah. Like, we've been making, we've been laughing about it for months. And I think months. it's, I think it's hilarious. If I didn't, I wish I didn't dislike Dylan Walker, the person. I think it's goddamn hilarious that, like, with the way the game has changed so much, it is one week. He puts some weight on they threw him in the middle and he just kills it. It's like, oh, this is so ridiculous to made this game that a guy who can be that small and dominate in the middle. But he he seems to he really floundered the last couple of years at Manly, like fullback this year when Tommy was out. God, he went from fullback to prop. That's very funny. <laughs> he played he's played. Don't even think of that. Half, halfback and prop in the same season. Uh, that's fantastic. <laughs> but anyway, he went, but he went, you know, fullback center five eight there. They couldn't find a role for him. And he never seemed to link good games together at Manly. And they put him in this position. And he just, it, I don't know, he just seems to stay active and support through the middle. And he has that bit of that attitude when he plays. And he's, he really adapted to that role. But he was, he was really good as well in this, this game when he came on. But yeah, they, they have that. Once they're on top, like the ball movement they've, they've put in that pack, it's, it's like when uh, Dare's got James Graham and, you know, they, they open up ball distribution for middle forwards. Every middle forward now has a passing game. Des is like have that of lack of options has ended up with Josh Schuster on an edge playing like uh Carl Lawton is a normally Carl Lawton one he obviously chose to Carl Lawton is a forward. Dylan Walker is a forward. And he's got Croker at nine. They've got really good ball movement across the whole pitch. And that's mm-hmm. just what this rugby league has become about. It's a bit more like touch with it is now, but he just had the balls to just do that. And, you know, and where, and, and where the flack of it came, but it didn't because it all worked out. And there was other plays in the competition that you would have loved to see some team just fuck it, go and throw those guys on and see what happens. But it takes balls to do that. And he's done that this year. And Dylan Walker's worked out great now. And all of a sudden, like Walker was like one of those things. He didn't actually resign, but it was like, you know, Dylan Walker set to resign for two years. It was announced like two months ago. I think he's playing too well. <laughs> like I think he's probably pulled out of that himself because he's played really well in the middle and probably looking for better money. I mean, we're in a world that we could see Dylan Walker starting 13 at the club next year. Like, yeah, we are. Um, <laughs> I don't know if it'll work this week, but it definitely worked in this game. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think you can get it just because I mean South Man handled the Roosters themselves three weeks ago. Like they, they were running up a score on them with 12 men on the field for God's sake. Because I don't think there's much manly can take from this game that will translate to next week, especially when you see how well South did against Penrith Middle uh, a week ago. But uh, we'll talk more about that game on Wednesday. Uh, do you want to move on to the next game? We got anything else? Uh, or? What else would we talk about in this game? Well, Tom Tavoyevich like... is obviously better than James Tedesco now. That's settled. I'm glad we put yeah, that they... to bed. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, well, I was always singing, sitting on this one game's balance. Correct. As is how this works in a team yeah. sport. James so, Tedesco yes. could not have scored that hit-up try that Tom Tavoyevich scored when the entire Roosters' defense was not back yet. I loved I loved that try, though, because obviously I've been so joking about that all year. I just love that he just literally just went first receiver hit-up on the back of the break. There's just no one on the <laughs> on, no one on the goal line to tackle him. Just fell over. Oh, yeah. Like, you or I would have scored that try, but no, James Tedesco couldn't and have. I, and I do like the, the regional grounds, how they're calling this, like, they obviously the commentators cannot see shit. It took them like a minute to figure out Josh Alloy wasn't Jake Devoyevich when he got held up over the line. Even though like Jake's standing there with thirteen on his back behind Josh, they're like, "Is that, is that Jake Devoyevich?" And then Rab just like, you know, Gus is like, "I think it's Jake Devoyevich." Like, fellas, <laughs> I feel for your old man. I don't know where you're sitting, but you can't see shit, Ken, and your poor old fellas at those regional stadiums. Uh, yeah, but um, I think you know, again, manly, like it's just hard to get a read on them fully, but. Yeah, it Kieran Fawn or Kieran and DC had good games as well, but it just feels like when they're on, they're almost all on. Um, Kieran's year is like I, I don't know. You, you has he like simulate... never played more than ten games in a season when he's not been at Manly, and then just when he's yeah. at Manly, he's just fine. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like you could, yeah, you could put what happened to him before this season in like a, a you know a career simulator, and he would have had like if you had like an FM or NBA two K or whatever, he would have like injury probability like ninety nine out of hundred or whatever. But he's gone from, yeah, like he hasn't played 20 games in a year since 2014. And he's played Which was 24 last year at Manly. No, he played, yeah, he played 19 at Manly the next year. Yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's of his, what, uh, five, 10, of his 13 seasons in the league, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, the seven full years he played for Manly are the seven seasons he had the most first grade games. So, yeah, uh... so not like, 20 plus each year from 10 to 14, 19 and 15. And then he left Manly, 9, 17, 12, 14, 14, <laughs> and then 24 this year. It's yeah, it's insane. ridiculous. But yeah, I just, we'll preview the game after. Like this was probably the least interesting of all the finals matches so far. But, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, second game, I thought was pretty good. Uh, Penrith got over the line, 8 6. Um, I mean, obviously, we'll move on to some of the flashpoints as we get through this, but I just want to say up front that I don't think you can put it one single incident and say, Oh, this is what decided this game. I thought this was an outstanding contest. Um, a little bit error ridden at times, but this was a level of starch Parramatta showed that they really haven't in, yep. in, in big games in the last couple of years. And on Penrose side of the ball as well, like especially that last 10 to 15 minutes when they really had to just haul ass defensively. Um, I thought they, well and truly met the task. But if you're a Penrith fan, are you at all worried about the fact that their attack, which just, you know, steamrolled teams all year, has scored two tries in 160 minutes of finals footy? I think you have to be. Because it, it looks like, it's not like, I know the, the defence was staunch, as you mentioned, and so was South, but that didn't matter throughout the year. And, the, and it looks sluggish. It looks panicked. You know, they don't look confident in what they're doing. With the ball in hand, they're not. The ball isn't zipping around the field, and like 
Jerome Luai is, for mine, looks like he's trying to do things too easy. He's not really respecting the opposition. If you get me, that's what I felt like, that he wasn't respecting the defensive South last week or para this week, that he was just doing his stuff where he just like throw, you know, throw cutout balls and think like when they're not on or similar. He just thinks things are on when they're not. Like, I think you have to be worried because they've gone, as you said, they were gone from stomping teams all year to like barely scoring a point. And whilst this was a good defensive performance from Parramatta, Penrith had opportunity after opportunity to put him away and and could not. Shockers. Like it really probably could have been 18 to 20 nil if errors at both ends of the field hadn't gone their way at half before halftime. Again, yeah, gone against could, them, sorry, not their way. It could have. And, and just, yeah, they couldn't, I don't know what, I don't know why, but they just couldn't get it all together in their attack. It didn't look very good. But yeah, Parramatta were, um, God, it's, it's, <laughs> they lost. It's not good they lost, but. This is about as good of an exit you could have expected from them from the finals, considering how they were playing. Yeah, it's weird. Like they did lose, but their season it's a pretty decent note for their season to end on, I think. And you know, you take out that game against Penrith in the regular season when they played a whole reserve grade team, more or less. They finished the year with a gutsy win over the storm, a good solid performance against Newcastle, and then a gutsy defeat here. So yeah. I don't know. I are you if you, you have to be worried about Dylan Edwards a little bit, right? If you're a Panthers fan. No, they're in denial, mate. Ah. <laughs> They've been there for for ages, and it's because he's like him going out means the replacement's worse, it makes him seem more important than he than he really should be. But I thought like Brenton Aiden was actually quite good feeling in this game rather than yeah, Charlie right. Staines, so he played all right. But yeah, they just I don't know the other moments had like Paul Morovsky forced his hand a lot playing center, and Crichton was on the wing, and Crichton wasn't fantastic on the wing. I know he saved a try. With, a, with like a, a knockdown intercept play, which is quite good. But that was pretty good. Like, yeah, Momorowski wasn't great for mine at center. He'd been better on, on the wing. He was throwing offloads. Like every time he got the ball, he just threw the offload and it was like never on. <laughs> that wasn't great, but nothing seemed smooth about them having the ball in hand. And you think like without Nathan Cleary's boot, like they, they don't look, who knows how they would have played really last couple of weeks. If Nathan Cleary didn't have the best boot in the competition, who knows how these games would have gone. Um, I thought Moses' kicking game was brilliant in this game. I thought he played really well the last month. I think pro- maybe possibly the best stretch of his career, almost. Um, yeah, I thought he was great as well, mate. Like, I I do think, and I'll get to that, but I didn't think he get, got enough ball as the game went on. Like yeah. later in the game, he wanted the ball and wasn't getting it. But I'm with you. I thought he was on in this game, and Parramatta just didn't seem to to find yeah. the right way to get him get him in the right positions. Like, from that first set where on. they got beaten up and they, I think he kicked from like their own 30 and he just uncorked this like incredible like kick went about 55 metres on the full and turned Penrith around. And I was like, shit, Moses might be on one here. And and then obviously that kick for the tries just swirling everywhere as well. Um, but yeah, yeah. It's 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 obviously a little bit bittersweet if you're a Paramount fan. You're pr- you're proud of the way they played, but you did still lose at the end of the day, and it is still another week two finals exit. But does the audit of what they need to change alter at all, given how it went out, as opposed to say last year when they finished in the top four and went out in straight sets in pretty meek fashion? Well, the, yeah, the drums aren't beating right now. I don't feel like no. they were a couple of weeks ago. But yeah, I do want to get back. You did say. That you know, there wasn't one moment that lost this game. And mm. I do think as fans in close games, we often too do get too stuck on trying to find, oh, here's the reason they lost. Mm. And people like pointed out that that oh, I still the, think that was actually a penalty, by the way. Like with the way they've been officiating this year, that was a penalty. But like, but anyway, 
um, yes, that penalty happened and they scored two points, but Penrith had like four they penalties. They turned down the, the one where Pang was a Pango that got hit high. Yeah, under the post, like literally ten out right in front, and they said no because they were already winning eight six, and then they didn't score yes, any they... points off that. So that's there's your two yeah. points right there. So and like, Neokore oh. hit someone early as well. Like that's on a Pango. And there's another Neokore did two in front of the sticks. Um, and I didn't take him, but it's like yeah, that. So that one decision didn't decide the game, fellas. Because really, I mean, the only I actually thought Penrith should have taken the two when they're up. I, I agree. Should have. I agree. They were struggling that much. Um, I the only real egregious one is the Moses pullback. I think. And that's like you can that that can just get missed, I guess, because they they didn't check it or anything, so that play just goes on. But that's not a we was robbed moment. I don't really think. And um, and the thing I found funny about it is they like I I was on Discord. I think I said at the time I was like they should just slap the ball out of the first receiver's hands to challenge this, because like it just went on. But it's like there was that's part of the fault with the captain's challenging. They just couldn't. Go, that was it. It was gone. It happened and it was gone. It's like. They should have just conceded a penalty and they checked the whole play, you know? Yeah. They, but they didn't They didn't do that in the moment. But they got to have a trainer with a red challenge flag. They just do. Chuck it <laughs> on the field. That's what they'll do next yeah. year. <laughs> I will say, like, because my, my, my tweet about this went viral and it got featured in like a bunch of like clickbaity stories on like news.com and Fox and stuff as well. But like, and I don't think anyone took me as saying this, but I was, I had took an issue with the incident at the end of the game because I just think it's shitty and it happens in soccer all the time. And I hate it when it happens there. And I don't, and I'm, I know that Mitch Kenny is actually hurt and that's a shame, but uh, I didn't say that it ru- I said the game was excellent, but I do have an issue with that moment and the way that that is enforced. And I think that that moment should piss Paramount fans off a little bit just because they had them on the back foot that set. Like they yeah. were rolling down the field. I think they were 10 out when suddenly the game just stops. And then not only does Kenny go off, they get to bring on Pango, Panai, sorry, Panai gets to come back Panai, on. Peter Panai. Um, <laughs> yeah, not only does they get to bring him back on, obviously their whole line gets to get set. They're puffed. They're out in their feet. Like Para were at that point running 60, 70 meters a set on them. And they might've scored off that play if, if it hadn't been stopped. And I just don't think that we should be stopping games in situations like that. I know Mitch Kenny is actually hurt, but it was clearly like a leg or an ankle injury and it didn't look that all that serious. Like it wasn't like a Harvey Elliott from the other week. I just, I don't think the game should have been stopped. So, so usually I'd mock you for saying, oh, you can't judge it from looking at it, but they did that. <laughs> like he, that's my issue with it. Is it so the, I actually haven't got an issue with the rule. Like it's a terrible look for the sport when bad injuries happen and we just play on and this rule became in because of that. Right. But the trainer hadn't assessed Mitch Kenny and he called the, he, he's not leaving. He's like Ash Klein should be a better referee than that in that strong situation. Like I know it's the rule Ash, but you're the rules are for, it's called interpretations of the game. You know, your interpretation Ash. the trainer hasn't assessed him. You know, he's looking at him from the sideline and he's called the game to stop. That could have been anything. He could have slipped, he could have slipped over, that's all, you know? Yeah. Well, that, I thought he just got I thought he just got stunned, which hurts, yeah. but it's obviously not a serious yeah. injury. Yeah, and then that that happened, that cost him. And it's also because that trainer has history of doing that. He got a show cause notice early in the year for the same thing. And it's like, well, that'll really stop Penrith, the show cause notices. <laughs> like, so that makes and, it seem dodgy. And people are pointing well. to the fact that Kenny's out now. That's not the point. It's the not. point is that this shouldn't happen. Yeah, that is the point. And and the interchange thing was funny. And, you know, I do pile onto the broadcasters often, as people know, but I actually think 
Again, I don't know what their facilities are like now for this game, but if you've seen the stadiums anyway, they're a dis- it's a disgrace for a finals game, really. If you actually at the stadiums, the photos we've seen terrible. But oh, and like, we had a, we just, had a we had a fan of the show send us the photos. It was like the folding chairs that they put on the ground at like pro wrestling shows. Yeah, the, I think the, I just think the broadcast might have been a bad spot. If they might have actually been manually tracking the in the changes and counting them. You know, they could be because yeah, right. like, I don't know if they had internet access or screens or anything set up when they're there. Yeah. So usually they'd have it set up like that. So I just don't know because they had used eight total Penrith had, but they hadn't used eight in the changes. They used six in the changes. So they finished the game with one in, in the book still, but they had HIA interchanges and three interchanges from the on report incidents. That's what Pango came back on with. And they caused a bit of a storm at a teacup getting that wrong. I, I, you know, I wish they kind of checked before they lost their mind where the free interchange card came from, but. I just think also like I haven't got that mad. I just think maybe they weren't set up in the right situation for that and they've just gone off their own manual number. But luckily people figured out pretty pretty quickly that that was fine, that decision. And Pango was only on the field for like two and a half minutes, so they took him straight back off. He had a quite a good game other than that. Though. Yeah, but all right. I, but we, when you talk about Fathers that won and lost this game and <clears throat> like the, the, the big one to me is like, I think, I just think, and it's really easy in hindsight to say this stuff, really easy. And it's not my job on the line going into this game, but I, I do think Brad Arthur got his rotational decisions wrong. And those being, and I know Nia Corey has been really good for him in, them in the back row, and he was good in this game. But for mine, when Wanga Blake went off, Nia Corey had to go out to the centers. You, know, that doesn't, you have back rowers. Easy. He has to go out to the centers. But Will Smith went out there. And then... I don't know what their plan was with Ray Stone, but in prior games, they brought Ray Stone off at the end of games. But what changed there is that Bill Smith was on the field, Ray Stone went off at half time, and then he came back on with 20 to go. And he had pretty much the worst 20 minutes a hooker can have when he came back on the field. He dropped the ball three or four times. I can't remember exactly. He got it was folded in half by Luai. Yeah, that's one of them. But he, yeah, yeah, had that bad pass that was forward. And not, he and threw it into the on the ground. Junior yeah. Paulo to end the game, who was very clearly a decoy. <laughs> yes, and but he had that period, and the like, they didn't have the interchanges. <laughs> like mm. they had to, they had their forward interchanges planned, but that Ray Stone was out there, and it was, you know, he's up against a diversity. We all know he's his fourth choice hooker. We all know that he's not supposed to be in that situation. It's only his second game as well. Yeah, that's it, obviously, <laughs> but. That, that is the situation he was in. You know, whatever. All the things, all the factors before the game were true. And it's not Ray Stone's fault or something like that. But I just feel like they got that wrong. That if they brought on a back row off and the Wanga, near Corey slides out 15 minutes. He comes back on. And then Will Smith finishes the game at hooker later. Like the last 20 minutes or so. Because, yeah, Ray came back on and had those mistakes. And also did. So before the, the Junior Paulo mistake he forced at the end of the game, he threw a no-look pass. Mm. And he did the same thing the set prior. The set prior, the, the ball was all hit up after hit up because Ray Stone was gassed and couldn't pass anymore, it seemed. The, the ball never cleared the ruck in, atta- in the attack. In the first half, he got the ball in front of Moses clean quite often. That's why Moses was all over the park. Second half, he couldn't get it to him. But the set before, when, when Moses forced a drop out off a pass, it was over his head. Moses was lucky to catch that one. But the play before, Regan Campbell-Gillard took a hit up. And the same thing. Regan Campbell-Gillard is the, the lead runner. And, and Parramatta set up like all their shapes with a with a middle forward as a lead runner decoy. When it's tackle four, they like 95% of the time they're not getting the ball. 
RCG and Paula. They're not. So they've gone up, jogged up as their lead runner. And Raystone has looked at Dylan Brown for the RCG one, looked at Dylan Brown and thrown an overlook pass to RCG, who bobbles it and catches it and just gets tackled. And I saw that and I'm like, well, Ray, you, what grade do you think you're playing with? They're not, the defensive line's not going to fall for that. He's already, like, like, they're not going to go, oh my God, he passed it short to a forward who wasn't running hard because yeah. the guy who got it was just jogging. Who's 40 meters out from the trial and if he does somehow catch the nothing. Yeah. The one with Paul at the end is at least justifiable. Well, that, and that that RCG one was, was about the same spot, about 10 meters out it was. But then, yeah, did it with a minute later, does it to Paulo. But like, the, so RCG does it, bobbles it, catches it, gets tackled, Moses falls to the dropout. Next set, does it to Paulo. And I felt so sorry for Junior Paulo because like it goes down as he dropped that ball and he fucked up. But like, he was just there, to, honestly, stand in the way. Do his lead block, stand still. Poor Junior. Just push it a line. And uh, he got this weird no-look pass where Raystone's looking at Dylan Brown again and throws a no-look to Junior Paulo. And the only person on the field that could possibly fool... There's two of them, and it's Dylan Brown and Junior Paulo. Yeah, that's all it was fooling. Because again, Ray, the decoy is already drawing attention. He's already an option for the defense, but there's never a chance. If if that was a set play right, and Ringy Hamilton or Junior Paulo knew it was an option, they'd have been hitting it hard, and maybe yeah. they might have scored from another look at. They weren't, and they dropped that ball, and the, and the game is over. And it's not saying it's Ray Stone's fault they lost, but in big finals games that are decided in the margins like this one was. For me, one of the major factors of what they got wrong was those couple of decisions they made with their bench. And yeah, I just that like, those decisions they made with their bench there and the way they use like Papa Lee only played 35 minutes. Cartwright played 29 somehow. I don't know. It's like you just had to find a way for mine to get somebody else to finish the game with Hooker. Ray Stone had worked his ass off in a defensive slog of a game. If his service is always going to go to the shit, he doesn't play Hooker, you know? And a big game, season line. You only get here so many often, so often. They did that, and he kind of stopped them getting up the field for the last twenty minutes. Mm. Like he dropped the ball. Like I'm not kidding. I think three sets in a row, he dropped the ball in their half in sixty fifth, like sixty third and sixty fifth minutes. That's not great. No, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I feel bad for them. Obviously, if if Reed Marnie plays this game, we might be sitting here talking about what a famous win that was for him. But we probably are, given how close fine the margins were and how good of a player he's been for them in the last yeah. year well, or he, so. He's been great for their goal line attack this year. Yeah. He really had an extra leg in that department. Kicking game as well. Um, <laughs> and, Pedro, and the other thing too, yeah, man, so one for power is like, like Will Penasini and Hayes Dunster, I thought they were both awesome in the rung home. And there are other guys as well that maybe they, they probably should have given a, a crack earlier in the season. And I, and I just think, again, maybe they've got too stuck on how well they were going and not trying to figure out what actually, what was, what was our bet? What's our best team in the finals? Where is the best we can be? And they did get there. They got, they got their back line right by the end of it, but I feel like they maybe would have benefited from more Hayes, more Penasini earlier and figuring out the edge combinations earlier as well. Like Madison's fine in the middle. He was good there. And Nia Coro being on the right side seemed to have helped the right side edge, which is great, but they didn't play a lot of footy together like that. Like you want a finals team to have a bit more time together in those positions. Yeah, it's, it's, it's unfortunate for them. And we do see this a lot. Like coaches just have this affinity. I'm not going to name names. So I don't throw people under the bus, yeah. but like they do have the affinity for like the safe sort of known factor even if they have a ceiling that most of us can see is quite low. I think that yeah. applies to a couple of the people in that Parramatta backline. It took them so long to give up on the Ferguson-Wanga-Blake thing. Yeah. So long. 
and and Wang actually finally looked okay center on the other other side of the field. Like they they figured it out, but it took them too long to get there, in my opinion. But yeah, and I also thought by the way, I thought Dylan Brown probably had his best first grade game as well. It's, it's unfortunate that to sit there and go, I think Brown and Moses played really well, and, and that team scored <laughs> six points, and it was yeah, because, because of the Dylan Edwards lost. mistake. By yeah, the way, on that mistake, real. it's not so much that he lost the ball in the flight. Like that can happen. I thought yeah. that afterwards was worse. Like when he just, like, when he just didn't do anything, he just kind of stood there, <laughs> like ah shit. Yeah, and it happens at regional stadiums. Like when the when the ball gets high enough, it'll clear the the, the like the the sign of the, like the side of the lights. The lights only go so high at shit stadiums. It'll clear that. It's harder to catch bombs at shit holes. So I, as you said, they, you can lose some of them. It happens. But as you said, he just like it just bounced. He's like, well, fuck. <laughs> I guess this isn't isn't my night. Nope. I'll let this one go. And then they got. <laughs> A bit lucky later on. I thought the pass was forward, but then yeah, he misses another one, and Parramatta nearly score again. So yeah, yeah, but they'll run it back with him this week. Um, they, I mean, again, Wednesday. Talk more about next week, but I think they're in for a shellacking. But uh, Penrith, so, yeah. If if they turn up, I know people will credit their defense. I understand that, but if they turn up like they do with their attack in this game, and how they've been against against your lots at South, like. Melbourne will just decimate them. You can't get away with the amount of poor execution mistakes they made in the opposition half. Melbourne don't let you down there all game. You know, you can't get away with it. And whilst this game all around, it was great to have attrition back. I love that. Mm. I mean, we are bitching about the refereeing after the game, but that only happens in close games. Great to have a close game back. There was still a couple of times, and they're, they're still so good at Penrith. They gave away what? Oh, the Cleary three. leg pull one on the left-hand side was unbelievably clever. That was probably a sin bin. Yeah, like legit. But tackle one, they got away with like two or three tackle one ruck infringements. Such and again, it's not their fault. It's the stupid rule. They like every. I wish my team. No, yeah, no, we're not criticizing them for it. We just think it's, this rule is awful, which it is. It's genius because on all three occasions, it was like they timed it perfectly. It's like, oh, Paro getting a bit of roll here. Let's slow this one down, you know. <laughs> and but it, like one of them, they 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 ping, they did it on like the Paro. Um, Paris 20 or so, and then reset their line. And Paris got to like 45 meters. It's like they could have kicked the ball further than that, but for a penalty, but they got 45 meters and had to keep the ball away. But yeah, they're very good at that. But you do sit there and wonder for their attack, like, you know, what, like the kick out hasn't been informed for, maybe it comes back, but the left edge isn't humming anymore. That right edge is clunky because it's not like Momorowski and Crichton's a bit of a new thing over there. I don't know. It, you just think, want, worry about their their points, and they're not get they're not generating that momentum at the middle that much anymore. That like Coruscant isn't exactly gutting teams at the moment, and teams making him work harder through defense hasn't been great. And, and then like Fisher Harris doesn't look as physical as he has been. He was still good in this game. And Isaiah Yo, I think he he's been exceptional in both those two games. But you know, I thought Pangai was the next best forward on the field for Penrith, and you know he had seventeen runs, one hundred thirty seven thirty seven meters, and put away the dumb offloads and stuff a bit often, which is good to see from him. But uh, still tried a selfish crash over on like tackle four or five and Cleary got tackled. I yeah. called that one too. I was like, he's going to cry and crash over here because Cleary's mm. tackled. But it's just hard to see them switch on the point scoring in a week now. I can't see it's it. Melbourne. I really can't. And that's not a knock on them. Like, you know, we're at the stage of the year where all the teams that are left are very good. And I just think that of the four that are left, they're the one that kind of just seem the flattest at the moment. And then yeah. they're kind of the one that has just been... Well, I think inspiring their fans the least. Well, you spent all year talking about how it's not fair that your team has won so much and they haven't got a chance of winning the comp. 
I retract all of that. We're going to win the comp. I know what to say, but like, God, imagine being a Penrith fan. Yeah, it's much worse. It is much worse. It feels to me like, it's almost like being a Ravens fan in the NFL, right? Like you just spent two entire regular seasons just kicking the shit out of everyone. And then you got to the big games and just... For some, and somehow reason. the games are different. They play different and kind of yeah, like it's the same different. teams you beat in the regular season. Too, yeah. but then you play them in a postseason game and you're just like ah, like, ah shit. Yeah, it's like yeah, because at one point it, again they didn't lose till round 13, and that was because of Origin this year. We all know their undefeated streak with an asterisk last year. Yeah, um, like they were just they're pissing through some games at such a, a breakneck pace. Like yeah, the fans like talking about how like. There's every game they're confident they was gonna piss through no worries too easy whatever then to get to the finals and this be it you're like are you fucking kidding me like are we supposed to just predict our team going to shit like are we supposed to just think they're gonna to go to shit in the finals now after as you said beating the exact same teams by fuckloads like there it must be insane that you played Souths put a thousand points through them in at the dicking in Dubbo as it's come to be known yes. uh, and then you play them again you know you get a little bit lucky but you still win the game. And then you play them a third time and they dominate you. I know the scoreline was only six points there, but South dominate that game, let's be real. And then the same thing with the same thing with this. Like I know they played basically a reserve team, but this is a team you put 40 points on a fortnight ago. And you scored one try. Um yeah. worrying. It, it is worrying. And it's it's a shame for them because they're obviously been great to watch over these past few years. I mean, my heart's not going to bleed too much for them, obviously. It's not. But... And and it's again, it, this stuff only lasts so long in rugby league, and players only stay so fit and so good for so long. I know it's happened with the storm and the roosters for a decade, but it's like you have to it has to happen for people to believe that teams are going to stay at this level for that long. Mm-hmm. And having Nathan Cleary will obviously have him will keep them up at the highest level they can be. Mm-hmm. But it's like you have to rely on everyone else staying as good as they are and as sharp as they are and but as like, fit as they have been. Like, I, know like Naden's, gone. I know Naden's not first choice, but he's better than Staines in my opinion and he's gone. Burton's yeah. been probably, their, what, their top three players this year? He's gone. Um, yeah. Kurt Capewell's gone. C- Capewell's gone too. Um, I think, and then there's like, I mean... Pangai's yeah. leaving. <laughs> just well, him. Okay. Um, and then yeah, you've but got I mean, like... From Con- their best 17 in the finals, yeah. he's one of them. Well, uh, Coruscant is like a, a, a hooker who quite is quite reliant on his athleticism, and he turns twenty nine in the off season. Like he's not getting any younger. It's just like, yeah, it's not, um, it's not all sunshine and roses for them going forward. Um, yeah, and said, maybe mate, if you, this next is year, their yeah, best if, chance. Like next year, what is their backline a chance of being what one Edwards, yeah, two Staines, tailored May on the other wing. Oh, sorry, no, the top, top, oh, the top wing. One wing. and then yeah. it's like the centers are they like Taylor May and Momorowski? Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, sorry, we, no, we're not. It's Momorowski and Crichton, that's all I'm missing. Taylor May oh, yeah, will be the next drop. Maybe, maybe Taylor May takes Charlie Staines' spot, and it's um, it's certainly not what it has been, no. And then, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I just, just think Burton's it, just been so good for them this year, he has. And kick out, I don't know what they're going to do there, and whatever, but. Capewell will be a loss because Capewell's been like the, the locked in starting back role for them this year. Yeah. So, um, and you know, yeah. and you even like Isaiah Yo has got so many, so much issues in his past with concussions as well. Like he, he's one of those guys who could, you know, one be bad, one bad head knock away from. I can't believe he's only 26 still, by the way. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, we're, not, we're not holding turn a, up next we're not, week. But... We're not holding a, you know, a wake for them. They're, they're, they're far from done this year and they're far from done going forward. But if you are a fan of theirs, it must start to feel a little bit hollow if you lose this game this weekend in the sense that you've now gone two years of being statistically one of the top 
you know, five or six greatest teams in the history of rugby league and just have nothing sort of concrete to show for it. Like, you just stop scoring points when the finals start. Like, this is the next week, the calendar ticks over a certain date. And I've, been, stop I went, I've been through this last few years in the NFL, mate. It's, it's, a, it's a frustrating um, conundrum and one I can't yeah, work out. Yeah, and, and like when you guys like lost to the Titans, that's kind of like how they lost to the South, right? Yeah. It's like, why did this happen? This is like, we're better than these guys. Why did, why is this? We, sh- we should have won by multiple scores. And we we just... lost and never looked like winning. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. What? So yeah, maybe they just bounce back and beat Melbourne this year, this weekend. But uh, once we have a look at the teams, we'll have a but proper chat about that on Wednesday. I am happy though. We've got, we've got a final series so far that this season didn't deserve. This yes, season deserved. The final series has been so much better than the regular season. The season deserved the manly game this week and the manly game last week. It deserved forty to twelve, then forty to twelve, and then forty to twelve. Whatever. It deserved that. But we we've actually got like Knights Para was sick last week. Penrith Para was sick this week. Your game was great last week. Uh, Roosters Titans was, was great. Like there was a lot of good games and a lot of close games and it wasn't the best footy, but it just, it was really good to see the whole community, like having gone through a period now of this dumb football being played is like, Oh my God, I do actually like shitty games where I don't know who's going to win. I do yeah. like, you know, attrition and waiting for like the next drop ball who decide this game. Like when um, Luai picked up and dropped Ray Stone, <laughs> He celebrated like he does when they score massive tries because that's it was a big it deal. Felt yeah. Big, yeah, it felt big again. It, it's like, yeah, that's what I want to say. I want those moments to be big again. That's what drew me to this sport, not just teams scoring shitloads of tries. That we're I will in. say though, I will be quite happy if Manly lose their next finals game forty to twelve. Also, yes. that would be fine. Um, let's move on. Talk about some other things. Uh, there's been reports the last couple of days in the media that Michael Maguire basically facing the sack and there was a meeting tonight apparently to discuss the future of him at the club um we don't have a resolution from that yet but seems like the bell is tolling for my boy madge by the sound of things yeah it's it's time i mean you could uh, i'm going to not going to address tiger town you can you can think what you want about madge as a coach or not but there has been way too much discussion about his role way too much obvious cracks there in my opinion, for him to be there next season. It just there's the bell is tolling, as you said, at Bungardi. They apparently have outs in his contract. And I know it's not the best roster in the competition. They should have been better than what they were. They should have been pure facts. They weren't that good. It's it's probably time there. And, and the reports are already like, oh, yeah, Cam Serraldo is the number one target. He might not be interested. Whatever. We'll see what happens. But that's not a reason to keep Madge if you can't find a better one. But I do think it might be a reason why they haven't punted him just yet because they haven't white-added him properly. They haven't found the other candidate. But it feels like if it's not this week, it's a number of weeks from one that he, he'll be out of that club. Yeah, and obviously, you know, I quite like the Tigers and I quite like Michael Maguire. So I'm personally pretty sad that it hasn't worked out the way that we'd hoped. But yeah, there's nothing that you saw from them this year really that made you think that, that this was going to end well. Yeah, and that's it. And uh, I know they get mocked a lot for, you know, what is it? Their six coach since 2012 or so. Yeah. Yeah. Broncos, five coaches. Don't hear about that that much. Do, like, do you not? <laughs> no, you don't hear their fucking... They don't get taught like, taught, taught like it's a carousel, like the Tigers right. one do, do they? Yeah. It has been, a, like, you know, the Tigers one's always, oh, you can't sack him. It's yeah, and another coaches in this many years, whatever. No, it's not, it's not that much of a carousel. The, the way it happened to them, like, They've given Madge a fair whack. He yeah. has had 68 games in charge there. They only lost Cleary because of the weird things that happened. Like they have tried to stick with a coach 
three years is enough to know. Yeah. Like you three years is a long time in rugby league for him to put his stamp on a team to, to have that team look like they stand but so they have something on the field. They don't seem to have any style of play still. Um it's long enough and he's not the only problem in that club. He's not the only person who should probably be replaced, but it doesn't mean he shouldn't be replaced. I don't know why it always gets boiled down to that again. It's like, well, Madge isn't the problem or he's not the worst. It's like, well, yeah, there's other problems, but he's one of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you can't, you don't have to fix just one problem at a time, people, you know? Yeah. Um, breaking news. Alex Johnson has won the Ken Irvine medal. It's just been announced. I mean, so, it's so huge. It, I, could, I can't believe it. Oh, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad we can find out the results of the other awards tomorrow. What the fuck's going on? Like, I'm looking at, like, I'm kind of half following it because I actually, until I saw the tweet from South saying, Congratulations on Alex Johnson winning the curve moment, I was like, Hey, why are they like tweeting that? Like, it's a, like a new piece of information. But apparently, the first half of the Dalliums is on tonight. Yeah. Huh. Um, they're announcing back to back the uh, drink wise try of the year and then the VB hardest working player award back to back. So that's some good yeah. juxtaposition there. Uh, your boy uh, Javier Cuartes won the try saver of the year. The tackle against well, Souths. Yeah, I mean the tackle of the year is also that it, that's great from UE Insurance if you're going to VB drink and drive. Yeah, if you combine all safe. three, you'd probably come <laughs> yeah, out. Drink you'll, be, you'll be all right. But yes, I do like that. Like nobody ever watches the LEMs. It's yeah. a really boring event too. You've been to one. I went to one so. when I was like 15. It was awful. Yeah. Um. So the anticipation, mate. I just cannot wait. To reveal, to reveal the top five contenders and then have Tommy Taylor win it tomorrow. I cannot wait. It's- I actually do think Cody Walker might win it just because he, like, t- Tommy missed like eight games. Yeah, I still, I, re- I reckon Tommy's still going to, I reckon he's going like, he's to do it just because. Yeah, but it, you can't, you can't have, like, if they, if it was just like they picked the winner, he'd win comfortably, but like, no, you can't I, just, I just have think- like a, you can't have it like narrative based when like, he just mathematically missed so many games. But he's, he, I believe he's going to win it because the origin games, games count, right? So oh, do they? Yeah, they do. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. And he got, so he got man of the series, probably got what, six points in origin. Yeah. Um, but Maybe nine. When, when, it, when it went to put on closed doors, he was ahead of Cody. And then, I, like, again, I think Cody's right up there, but Cody's had some games where Latrell definitely got the points, the three. It's just, I don't think we've lost Definitely. a game since it went behind closed doors, whereas Manly have lost a few games. And he also yeah, didn't play think, a couple of the other ones. That yeah, I think I think Cody Walker might have more point-getting matches. Yeah, I see what you're saying. But, but he's got... Win. But I the mean, thing is, though, like, I, feel like, I feel like if I were a voter, and I'm not, but if I were a voter and I was not of great integrity, I might just not give Latrell Mitchell votes because I knew he couldn't win. And then but that's how it works, mate. They do that stuff. They <laughs> like, so, yeah. Yeah. so as I'm saying, like, I think Cody has a better chance because of that as well. I think there's probably games where he wasn't as better than Latrell, but I think people who are giving Wait. points might look at them and go, well, I know Troll can't win, so I'm going to give Cody the three. They're, they're giving us, they gave us the top five coaching of the year nominees. To Gee, is, it, um, on is it all the coaches in the top six except Brad Arthur? Yes. Oh, wow. I can't believe it. Yeah, so I'm, 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 I cannot wait to find out who won that tomorrow. Gee, no. I mean, if it's <laughs> like it could be anyone, it could be Des Hasler, it could be Trent Robertson, it could be literally no one else. It's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, <laughs> isn't it funny that um, three teams combined won what 62 games out of 72, and we're not talking yeah. about any of their coaches as the coach of the year? Yeah, just. 
got a couple of those over two nights, but that's good breaking news, mate. Can I? Thank you. Can, and then, I'm, I'm stoked for him. And the really dumb thing could happen now that if if, if Tommy Turbo finishes with more tries than him, that's true. If like Turbo time, we'll say to. Tommy Turbo was a top try scorer that year, even though he wasn't, because I, I hate that. The finals don't count for seasonal records; they count for player records. They don't count. That's like that's why like, people didn't realize we spoke of this already. But Ruben Garrick had three hundred points. Was the first guy to score three hundred points in the regular season. Yeah, because you look back at that Hasm season and it says three hundred and thirty whatever, yeah. and they counted all his finals points. Yeah, no one seemed to realize that the last round that he was going to be the first to do that because we're just so used to being top top, top point scorers. Like, no, the top point scorers given after the regular season. I don't know why we don't. But then you go on the Wikipedia that. page for all the seasons, and it's got the yeah. post finals number as it the does. Number. It's dumb. I know. I don't know why rugby league records are kept like that, but they are. I don't know why you can't just find you can't find like anything, dude. Like you know this better than anyone. It's like even the other day, I just wanted to find like a list of the Kenovine Medal winners, and that is not a piece no. of information that's like readily available. <laughs> I don't no, know. it's too tough. Yeah, too hard. Um, yeah. Uh, what else do you want to talk about? I've got some rookie takes. If you've got nothing else, uh, so. do we want to? We don't really talk about the Milford stuff. Like nothing's really come out. But... Yeah. Let's. Um, yeah. I mean, it's it's really bad. And it's it's um could be a very short stint at the grand old club for your man Tony Milford, but if if uh, this yeah if this story is to be believed, we're, um, yeah we're not we're going to make any assumptions yet. Assume guilt or assume innocence. Yeah, but charge sheets always sound really bad. They do. They always sound really bad. So we'll wait and see what what has come out of it. But spending the night in in prison. It was not in prison, sorry, in a cell uh, after being uh, in, in an incident with your partner and then three assault type charges isn't a great. There really read. can't be a good outcome from this. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. The, the, the only good outcomes in air quotes that have kept players playing in situations like this in the past when there's been witnesses has been the Dylan Walker one where like the misses pulled the charges. Oh, yeah. yeah. Great. And that's still not so happy. Like, yeah. Anyway, we'll see what comes out to, before we make some flying judgments on it but it just I wanted to mention that um I was I was really shitty really shitty this week when Kevy blamed social media trolls for Anthony Milford going to shit at Brisbane mm. what what the fuck <laughs> like the problems Anthony Milford at Brisbane are Brisbane's fault and Milford's fault people on Twitter have nothing to do with it yeah. Also, oh, apparently Nothing. Milford's yeah. been offered welfare counselling by the Broncos. South said they won't comment on the issue before November first, and Milford's uh, court date is in October. So yeah, I do love that they yeah the Broncos them out there yeah. trying really hard to make it a Broncos crisis. Pathetic. Yeah. Um. All right. Rookie takes. Yes. All right. Um. This one is kind of hard to present on an audio medium, but you have to go with it. Um. It's from a Shane Flanagan article that was published on Fox Sports. Um, and it's just about Reed Marnie. The loss of Reed Marnie is highlighted in the blah blah. Fair. Reed Marnie is an important player, Mitchell. Uh, Reed is spelled R E A D, like the verb, mm. and Marnie is spelled M A R N E Y, like Dean Marnie, yep. former Blackburn Rovers, uh, Blackpool striker. Um, it was great. How? Like, how's that gone to Prince? Um, I don't know. And like, I know coaches and stuff have a terrible spelling. They always have, but it's like, they see the team lists every week. And it's really funny to spell Reed Marnie like that. And you would assume he had a ghostwriter, but it's spelt so bad that he couldn't have had a ghostwriter. But then yeah. nobody checked it. It's terrible. I've, I've stuffed this up. I was thinking of former Blackpool striker Luke Varney, not former Luke Burnley Marnie. striker Dean Marnie. Dean I've Marnie. embarrassed myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, we got Remy. 
And to add, Robbo finally has a side that actually fits the cap. And I think this is a piss take now that I'm reading it back, but it's it's fine. Robbo finally has a side that actually fits the cap and proved himself as a fraud coach with another embarrassing week two exit. This is why Des is a better coach. With that tricky side, he would have taken them to a dynasty. Trent Robinson is a fraud. All right, this is definitely a piss take. Definitely a joke. Definitely God damn it. I mean, I was in a hurry. Who, who, did, did Mario submit that? <laughs> I, whoever submitted it, you're on, you're on site. I don't think Mario would have because it's a manly fan who's written it. Yeah, um, this one, I think, is real from Victor Bravo. Teddy is a flat track bully. Pretty easy to look good on the end of the open checkbook or the New South Wales spine. Difference between Teddy and Turbo is manly need Turbo to be serious team. Teddy needs great players to be great. Yeah, so um, the that open checkbook at manly, obviously, with the bargain brothers, the $2 million brothers there, a million dollars on DCA, I had a K on Marty to power. Just a discount lot there, mate. No talent around him. They're garbage. What a terrible point that is, anyway. And it's so stupid. I like, just, I, I feel like, I feel like we get so stuck in this dumb narrative, fucking awful. garbage. It's the same with every sport, mate. We consume ESPN's bullshit and Skip Bayless's bullshit, and we get stuck in this dumb narrative garbage. And like, our sport has been so obviously a fucking team-based sport forever. There is no point guard. There is no quarterback. You know, it's not like those sports. Shut like, if you actually up. think if you switch the two fullbacks around on Friday night that it would have swung the result to the other team, you are very stupid. Yes, you are. But uh, it's just like that stuff is exhausting, mate. Like, it is. They lost that game, therefore, to ease a flat track bully. He's been well, the best player in the competition for a number of years, if like one of the best two. Tommy was better than him this year. That's a fact. Teddy has been the best Origin player for like four seasons. Like, what he's now a flat track bully because he's good when his team wins. Yeah, and yeah. for me, it's just like this discourse is so painful to listen to, and it's this, it's it's obviously seeped into soccer a lot in the last couple of years, and with and we've experienced with NFL in the past with Brady versus Manning, and now Mahomes and Lamar and all those guys. It's like you can just appreciate multiple good players. You can like you don't have to just call like if the, I said this when the, we had the thing with um we, we talked about Cody Walker last week. It's like. Two good teams can play and one wins and one loses. Like that doesn't automatically mean that the marquee man on one, the team that lost is a fraud or a flat track bully or any of these things. And it's like yeah. every time, every time Cristiano Ronaldo stuffs up or misses a penalty or something, like all these weirdos with messy profile pictures on the internet are like, you know, coming their pants with delight and, and vice versa. And I would just, and tennis is, tennis is the worst for it. Like imagine just being like one of those freaks that just like, supports Roger Federer like he's a team. It's very strange. But um, uh, that stuff seeping in here is like one of the worst things that can happen to the sport, I think. I hate it. And it's getting worse and worse. As you said, it's slowly because people watch more and more international sports in more terrible discourse. It's getting worse. I don't mind it. People are obviously joking. Sorry, I do apologize to that guy that wrote that tweet. He's clearly taking the fist, but yeah. Yeah. But it's like, you know, when in the NFL, the quarterback cops because like it's that's that position. Yes. In the NBA, there's only five on the on the court. And really, the games are often decided by two or three players. That is Correct. true. That is fair. The NRL, like, come on. Like, are we kidding here? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like we've seen oh one God. player in those sports be completely and utterly transformative. Like, LeBron James, when he leaves and when he goes yeah. to and from a team, like, they go from being one of the worst teams in the league to one of the best. Um, NFL, like, you know, Peyton Manning got injured and the Colts went from being, like, Super Bowl contenders every year to... Uh, getting the number one overall draft pick the next year, coming the worst record in the sport. So it's like, yeah. that's fine. But even though that stuff is true, it doesn't mean that when Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson play each other and one of them wins and one of them loses, it doesn't mean that the other one is a fraud. 
Doesn't oh, mean yeah. they're a flat track bully. Like today was a great game. They both played really well. Lamar didn't play great in the first quarter, but then he pulled it out after that. It's like because you can make mistakes and recover th- from yeah, them. Yeah, that doesn't mean this. Patrick Mahomes isn't one of the most talented people I've ever seen in any sport. It's his fault Edward Zelaya fumbled because if he was a winner, he wouldn't even get yeah, it. It's Peyton ball. Manning's fault that his field goal kicker missed an, the most important kick in his career. And it's Tom Brady's brilliance that made sure that his kicker mit- got the most important kick in his career. Like these things are just so annoying to talk about because there's no rhyme or reason behind them. Like, why on earth are you just watching James Tedesco play rugby league for the past six years or whatever? He's been a joy to watch. He's been outstanding. He's been the best player on grand final winning teams. He's been the best player in Savoy. He's won the Jack Gibson medal, which is the Roosters best and fairest four years in a row. And that includes two years where they won premierships and two other years where they were a top 16. He's a fantastic rugby league player. One of the best we have ever seen. And people are just, I don't know. A lot of people are taking the piss a little bit with it, but like there are people out there who are genuinely like, well, that settles it. This guy is better than him because they played one game against each other and that guy's team won. Yep. And the worst part is that had the Roosters won that game, there are people out there who were saying these anti-Tedesco things who would have flipped it right around and said, yep, that proves it. Tom Tavoyevich is a flat track bully. He can't do it when it matters in big games. And both of those points are equally and, they, and, and they'll be right about Tommy, obviously. Of course Tom they would. Too. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um it gets exhausting, hey. Like yeah. um, can you like you said, mate, can people just not like in just like even then when I when I spoke about the stuff about Ray Stone on, on the internet, I got attacked like I was being a per like I was oh, I've gone after Ray Stone and oh he's the fourth choice and whatever. whatever. It's like, that stuff's all true, but I'm not it's like, not black and white. You, I want to, Ray Stone can be doing his best and he can also be the reason they not, lost. Those yeah, things can, can both be, be true. Yeah, he can be doing his best and not be good enough for him to if win If you a put fight. me at halfback okay. for South, I'd do my best. We'd yeah. still lose. <laughs> like, yeah. And then if after the game, you're like, why the fuck is this Make-A-Wish kid playing halfback for South? Yeah. You would be right to criticize me. And it's like, yeah, maybe Ray Stone doesn't play. Maybe they can see more points, but it's up to the coaching staff to get the right balance. And I thought they got that wrong. That's mm. it, you know? Yeah. It's like... It's not either black or white. And the stuff about Tedesco, people have been looking for it all year and it's pathetic. Yeah, He and has think, been one of the best players in the league for like a decade. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, agreed. Um, oh, I forgot <laughs> we've got several more rookie takes. Um, we've got uh, Peter Van Onselen taking a break from defending Christian Porter to say, I just reckon the six again rule in rugby league this year has been such a good change. His account is locked. So I couldn't abuse him, but... Uh, oh. like. Yeah, look, I'm not going not to make know. a bad taste joke it's about how somehow that's the, worse than his political opinions. It's, but. Po- it's probably the same map. You know, people putting out those voting maps of like anti-vaxxer and their voting opinion. Yeah. Overlay six agains yeah. <laughs> on that map. Okay, it's good. It's exactly the same map. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we have, last of all, we've got, uh, you tweeted some screenshots from the article about Anthony Milford and Joe replied saying, wish he did it a few years ago so we could have sacked him. Which is kind of funny, but... It's. T- sh- I mean, you shouldn't say it. You idiot! <laughs> you absolute clown! <laughs> uh, but he, he, you know, where's the? We're, gonna, we're gonna, probably owed for the tweet like that. Owed a screenshot of a notepad apology, aren't we? Like someone's got. He's got to write up on his. Yeah. On his notepad and iPhone that didn't. We didn't mean it. It wasn't being serious. God, embarrassing. Yeah. Um. It's yeah. Look, it's not good. And look, it's it's probably. It's probably uh you know not about. His Broncos contract. <laughs> like, yeah, they're, they're trying to Lachlan Lewis in like it's some stereos. Like it's all it's all it's all a it's all a frame job. 
You've seen through it. Well done. Fucking ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, it's not good, is it? Um, I would like to thank everyone who gives us money, if that's okay with you. So uh, maybe one or two more times this year. But okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, the- yeah. So yeah, the only way to support us financially is to go to patreon.com forward slash boom rookies and become a patron. You get access to our Discord server where the NFL punting tips have just been on fire. So that already you pay for your subscription right there. But you also get some merchandise, entry into next year's Culture mm-hmm. Cup, priority at question time, bonus podcasts, uh, plenty more. And if you're in the top two tiers, you get a thank you every episode. So thank you to Chris Abnell, Dave, Carlo Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Alex Sergicomi, Ben Wallace, Blake Moretti, Butsy, Cam Beswick, Chris Slade, CTO, Dan Cullinane, Doc Hogg, and anonymous backer, Don Dick. Frankie, Harvey G, JSG, James K, Jason, Jez, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Josh Tremonani, Lachlan Hand, got Leon, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Colin, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, party keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Butts, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwarzy, Ty, the not so mature student, Thor Laycock, Tom Hardy, and Warwick. Thank you so much for your continued support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Mitchell, how is your ding dong and depression going? Oh, I'm good, mate. We get double vax getting out of here soon. Final footy. That's it. Getting getting yeah. to go to the pub, like it's all coming together. Maybe if they let us. If we're good. I'm boys. so I'm getting nervous and nervous, sir. I know it's not a word, but I'm getting more nervous with each passing day that like something's gonna happen between now and October 18th or whatever day it is. And we're just gonna get hermited up again. But good for me. We're down, we're down to the last. We're down under a month. We're down to days. We're down to weeks, not months. And so, yeah, yeah, starting to get hopeful. But um, you know, I'm, I'm, my lockdown, my my uh, LGA is no longer of concern, so I can actually me and Campo can play basketball in the park on the weekend. So I'm actually excited for that. So that'll be good. That's nice. Well, not a, not a concern there anymore. Yeah. No, but no concern. God. We've cured COVID. We're, we're ridiculous. Done. But anyway, I'm, I'm just keen to get outside and do silly things again. Yeah. Yeah, me too. All and right. then I'm keen to like like people than hate them again. I wonder like, oh my god, how good people. Yeah, this is the thing because like you hate everyone. Like, so like your life basically is the equivalent of when you go on a holiday and then you come back to work and like the first day back at work you're like excited to be at work and you're like, oh, everyone's here, what a novelty, it's so great to be back in the office. And by day three you're like, fuck, this sucks. That's gonna be you with people. Like, it the is. First oh, it's day like you see other humans again. You're gonna be like, oh. People, this is great. Turn of a new leaf. All my friends, love and love and love and compassion. Let's all hang out forever and ever. And then by like a week later, you'll be like, I fucking hate all these people. Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> it's more than it's not the getting back to work thing. It's like you know that first night back in your bed. It's, oh, this is nice to sleep in my bed again. Yeah, this is better than holidays. Is that ever where fuck it is? It it is. <laughs> Sorry, what sleeping in your own bed is usually more comfortable than a hotel bed. Yeah, no, but then being at way is more fun than well, being Well, yeah, home. okay, yeah, the rest of it, yes. But, but the bed no, part it's I like, get. The bed and the well, shower. So I, I do, like, I what I miss hanging out with my friends. I don't miss people. Like, I get what you It's saying. like, I still go, like, I still, I, I hate traffic. I hate people. I hate the shops. I still hate everyone at the shops now. I always will. I hate everybody. I'm, like, I'm not an angry driver, but I just, like, I hate driving all the time, you know, and I actually have liked driving in lockdown because no one knows there's no cars. You just drive, you're like, whatever, I can get wherever I want. So I will hate that again. Mm. We'll like seeing my mates, but yeah, as you said, it'll be, I'll be very much over general society very fast again. Like uh, if so, when someone, like I do not miss people coming up to me at these shops and asking if they can help me. 
Mm. Bitch, I got headphones on. Fuck off. <laughs> I yeah. didn't hear you oh, anyway. Don't miss charity muggers. They're going to be back. Yeah, I don't even think yeah, of that. Yeah. We might be worth staying in lockdown forever now that I think about that. Let um, us out once a week to have beers and then lock us all up. Yeah, give us our hour in the exercise yard. And by exercise yard, I mean pub. But like, yeah, that's a good point. And then also you've got to, um, you've got to factor in that like, actually, you know, this is dumb thing. That I read, oh, it, it might be healthier for people to be in lockdown. It's like, no, it's not. Like I haven't gone to a gym in three months. Like I'm eating roughly the same amount of food, but like, my motivation to go outside and go running and stuff is through the floor because it's like, what's the point? Because the races I was training for got cancelled. And it's like, no, people who play community sport and go to gyms for fitness are not healthier in lockdown. You fucking yes. idiots. They're not. Idiots. All right. Um, but you're all healthier listeners for having absorbed us into your earbuds for the last hour or so. So thank you for that. <laughs> we'll be back on Wednesday with some game previews, question time, and lots of other things. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>